Hello, hello, hello. It's me. I'm your host. I am Ethan Murray. And this is the second episode, second all-time episode of Ethan with Swords. We're keeping the title. I've decided. Executive decision. It's grown on me. I like Ethan, Ethan but with Swords. I've decided. Come down from on high. Now, this is, uh, this is my show, my podcast. This is where I talk about almost whatever the hell I want, and it just turns out that whatever the hell I want is um, medieval warfare. So that's fun, right? Um, generally, yes, I did name it Swords. I do like Swords. I will, we're going to talk about Swords. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of Swords. Cause swords are cool. Like, just generally. Like, like, you know when you were a kid, and you, like, you found a really cool stick, and, and like, you and your friend found really cool sticks, and you just, like, 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 just beat each other, like, hit each other with sticks? Like, you'd sword fight, remember? Back in, back, back yonder years when you were but a wee lad, or lass, you found a cool stick, and you whacked your friends with it. And that's, it was fun. And I think there's something, I don't know. I think there's something that, like, stays with all of us. I think, deep down, we all love swords. Like, we all, like, it's just, like, it's just, like, it's just a natural bit of us. But unfortunately, because we don't live in the Middle Ages and we don't uh, have to use swords very often, we can't, we can't exercise that, that need, unfortunately, but oh well. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to satisfy that, that base urge. That urge for Swords! Swords! So, if you did notice, I got a new microphone. So, um, now it doesn't sound like I'm yelling at you guys from the bottom of a well. While wrestling a ghost. <laughs> I listened to the first episode and I was like, oh god, the audio quality is fucking ass. It was so bad, guys. Um, why am I telling you? You know this. You had to sit there and fucking listen to it. Um... What's going on? I know it's been a while. It's been fucking forever since it was last year when I uploaded the first episode, and it just got away from me. I think I'm gonna start doing it again. I think I'm gonna. I like. I like doing this. This is a thing I like doing. You know. So the up, you know, the uploads probably gonna be a little bit sporadic, but that's you know. It's it's. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna try my best to keep you guys your thirst quenched. So, what's today? What's on the what's on the uh, the docket for today, Ethan? It's a very good question. Ah, delicious, Cape Cod cranberry. Not sponsored. I would like to be, but just a really good fucking drink. What's 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 for today? What's on the docket? I'll tell you what's on the docket. We're talking pole arms, right? And, and now, a couple of you might be surprised. Like, oh, that's. I distinctly noticed that that is not a sword, Ethan, you lying bitch. Uh, to which I say, uh, calm the fuck down. Because I, I specified in the first uh, episode, it's not just going to be swords. Cool your tits. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Sit back. Have a joint. It's all going to be fine. I'm going to be talking about... I'm going to be talking about all kinds of stuff from the Middle Ages. I just think swords is a good jumping off point because I really like them. And, like, I think it's a thing that a lot of people really like. But I'm going to be talking about all sorts of shit. Right? And, like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's, here we go. So, uh, that, this raises some questions. Ethan, 
you may you may you may be asking your screen, not knowing how podcasts work. Uh, Ethan, what is a polearm? Uh, I will answer you. I will answer you. A polearm is a kind of medieval weapon that was used quite commonly. I and honestly, I don't think it was way more common than people think it was. Or at least anyone who doesn't like when you think medieval war. If you say, "Hey, how did like knights? What did what was the main weapon knights fought with?" People are like, "Oh, it's swords. That's obvious." Knights fight with swords. People back then in the Middle Ages, the you used swords was your main implement of of assorted murder. Not true. Uh, in fact, I I I iterated uh, last episode, first episode, maiden episode, maiden voyage, that. That was, in fact, not how things worked. The swords, the swords, they were very, very common, but they were common for a different reason. Not because they were used a whole bunch, but because, not because they were used a whole bunch in warfare, but because they were just used a whole bunch in day-to-day life. I made the comparison, the sword was the pistol. A sword is a sidearm. The sword is the generalist thing that can do everything pretty damn well. And that's powerful, don't doubt that. A generalist? A generalist is powerful. Um, so, so people might be thinking, well, Ethan, Ethan, if people weren't fighting in war with swords, what the hell were they fighting with? I'll tell you, they were fighting with polearms. Keeping with the analogy, if, if swords were the pistols of the medieval world, if swords were the sidearm, the polearm, the polearm was the rifle. The polearm was the big shit. Uh, and uh, sorry, but Ethan still doesn't answer my question. What the fuck is a polearm? And I'll tell you. I'll tell you what a polearm is. A polearm is a a weapon. It's it can be basically surmised. Um, again, I keep I keep my definitions very broad and vague because it's easier that way. No one gets and we don't get bogged down in technicalities. We're just here to have fun. I, I don't take any of this shit as gospel, but broad terms. A polearm is. A weapon with a head, uh, an axe head, spearhead, hammer, you know, it's with a metal, it's it's a metal pokey bit on a really long stick that you poke shit with. And that's what we're going to be using. And it doesn't even need to be a poke. You could hit people with it. You could, you could slash people with it. All sorts of, all sorts of stuff, man. It's just a long stick with a metal bit at the end that did damage. And that's all a pole arm is, really. You know, at its, in its essence... At its core, long stick with a metal thing that does significant damage to organs or armor or skin or whatever the hell you need to do damage to at that particular moment in time. So the basic polearm is composed of a couple things, right? So first off, let's get let's get this straight. The bits. What are the bits of a polearm? Well, quite broadly, two bits. Polearms, not like swords. Not a complex. There's two bits. You got the stick. You got the head. You have what is normally called the haft, the handle. That's the wooden bit. That's the stick. It was normally, um, it was a pole, shakova. It was a pole, uh, uh, four, five, six feet long. Could be as long as seven or eight. Um, it was a good sturdy stick that you put uh, the metal bit on, the head. And the head would fit over the stick, would fit over the haft, and have two... Uh, metal braces going down the sides that you'd screw in. 
And that's generally how things were built, because that was the most sturdy. Now, I think the pole loan that you, everyone, at a base level knows about, and is like, you say it, and it's like, I got that image in my head immediately, um, is the spear. A spear is the essence of a pole loan. Long, pointy thing that you can just poke people with, or slash people with, or hit people with, whatever, whatever you need, man. So that's, that is what a pole loan was, you know? And spears, yeah, spears were a thing. Spears, I think, massively underrated, right? You think, sp you think spear, and you're like, oh, that's a primitive weapon. That's something a caveman would use. That's a, that's an early man tool. Incorrect. A spear, and I'm talking both kinds. I'm talking throwing spears, and I'm talking melee spears. Spears were a, they were a tool, they were used then, they were used, I would argue, still used today, to great effect. I'll explain later. Um, but spears were massively prevalent in warfare, because they worked. And you might be thinking, well, Ethan, why would polons be so popular? You said last episode, swords were good at everything. They were a good generalist. Well, that's true, yeah. But spears have something big over swords. Most any kind of sword. That's a very and it's a very important advantage to have in battle. It's reach. Polons have reach. And you see that best illustrated in something like the spear, right? Spears, spears were useful. Cause think about it: if you're going into battle, you're marching in the you're marching into a war. You want to keep that. You want to keep the other guy as far away from you as possible. And how do you do that? Well, you get a long weapon. You get a long weapon that can make space like that. And that's why. Spears were so common, so popular, so useful. Think about it. If you're going into battle, right, and you got a spear, and the other guys, he's got a spear, and the other dude's spear is longer than your spear, well, that's it. You're screwed. You're fucked. You can't recover from that. Because you're going to be trying to move in, you'll be trying to hit him, and you're just not going to be able to. Because he's got you at a striking distance, and you don't got him at that same strike. Like, that's it. You can't make a move, because he's got that spear on you. Same concept with swords. If you've got a sword and you can only reach a couple feet in front of you, and you're fighting a dude with a spear, you can't, like, you can't get in close to do damage. And that is, you know, people argue that is a big, glaring thing. If you get in, if you get past a certain point, then you're, that's it, you're golden. If you get past a certain point with a sword against a guy with a spear, then that guy is screwed because... Spears are kind of useless at close combat. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Um, really long sticks don't do really good in close quarters. But it's the getting there. It's the getting... Like, getting past that wall. That was difficult. That's not something you could do on average. That's why pole arms are so useful. Um, another thing. It wasn't just against swords. It wasn't just, it wasn't just the matchup. It was also the fact that they were easy to use. And I'm saying they were 
I'm not saying you could, anyone can pick them up and use them. Uh, no, that's what that's basically what I'm saying. Anyone can pick them up. Anyone can pick it up and be able to use it. Spears, halberds, lucerne's, like anyone can pick that up and be like, yes, I like because it's such a fundamental weapon. It's such an easy concept. Anyone can pick it up and understand. If you like, you pick up a stick and it's got a pointy, sharp metal bit at the end. You're like, okay, yeah, that's the business end of the stick. You point that at the enemies and you hurt them with it. It makes sense. Um, it's just something innate in human nature, I think. You know? Here's the pokey bit. Point it, point the pokey bit at the guy who's trying to hurt you. It's primal. And another thing, besides ease of use, besides the matchup, it was really good because if you were on foot, you see this a lot with uh, things like uh, halberds, uh, weapons, like there's a weapon called the Lucerne. It, they were really very effective at fighting men on horseback while you're on the ground. And that is immensely useful. You get a, you get a pole arm like that, you get a, an axe, a, a pole axe, a spear, a halberd, a Lucerne, and you knock that guy off his horse, well that's it, that's all you need. You just need him off his horse. Because I don't know if you guys have ever fallen off a horse before. It is one of the most disorientating things I think I have ever experienced. I could not, I could not locate my own ass. After, like, it was, it's jarring. I can't, and I can't even imagine falling off in, like, a couple extra pounds of plate mail. If you knock a guy off a horse, that's it. You've won. You're done. Game over. GG. That's why you saw them so much. They were good. They were good at what they did. And there's a lot of things that went into them being good. Ease of use, matchup, all that. But it's also in the fact that they're thrusting weapons. If you look, and you look over all of these polomes, most polomes, all polomes, oh, most polomes, all po the vast majority, because you always know there's going to be that one weird exception where it's like, oh, but in this time period, they was like, yeah. In the vast majority, they were centered on thrusting. And if they weren't centered on thrusting, you could thrust with them need be. And here's why that matters. Thrusting was a huge, huge thing in the Middle Ages because it was very, very effective against full plate mail armor. Plate mail armor is a kind of armor used in the Middle Ages that was made exactly what it was, it's exactly what you think it is. It was made of plates of steel, right? And you wanted as many plates as you could. It's the knight armor. It's what you, like when you think of a knight in shining armor, that's what you think of, plate mail. And once you have plate mail, that's it, you've won. No amount of hacking, slashing, or cutting is ever going to get through plate mail. So what does that leave you? Well, that leaves you with bludgeoning, which we'll get into probably in a later episode, and that leaves you with thrusting. Because plate mail, while it was solid, wasn't impervious. What you'd normally have is plate mail over a level, over a layer of chain mail. 
and you could not have plate mail that was one solid plate with no weaknesses because then you couldn't move in it. It would be too heavy. You couldn't, you wouldn't have any, you couldn't move an elbow or anything. You couldn't move your shoulders because it would just be too solid. That's what thrusting was for. That's what thrusting, that's why uh, the rapier, the rapier is the sword used in fencing. It's that, like when you see guys hopping back and forth with the, with the pokies, that's a rapier. Rapiers were designed for that. Rapiers were designed to get in, in between the seams of armor. A big one was the, uh, the shoulder. It was the shoulder, waist, the neck, the knees, anywhere where there was a, there was a seam in the armor that bent. The rapier was designed to get in that little space, get in between the chainmail, and to push the chainmail apart to stab the guy beneath it all. And that's what pole arms did. They were thrusting weapons. You saw that with spears, you saw that with halberds, you saw that with pole axes. Lances. Lances are a huge one. You know the things knights joust with, jousting? Uh, they used a lance. Polomes were not were a force to be reckoned with. Now, I've been using these words a lot, and you might, and some of you might be lost. You might be thinking, "Hey, Ethan, uh, what is a halberd? What is a lucerne? What is a poleaxe? You know, there's a with uh, lances, glaives, for instance." We might be thinking, "Hey, uh, what is that? Pray tell." Well, I'll tell you. Um, I already went over the spear, and I think the spear is fairly self-explanatory. Metal bit, sharp, pokey. There was some variation. Like, for instance, um, if it was... Ooh, here's an interesting thing. If it was a melee spear, for instance. If it was a melee spear that you, that you went to have in your hands the whole battle, then generally it would be a smooth kind of... Like, the, the edges, it would be a bigger blade, it would be a broad blade. It would have the option, if you needed to, you could slash with it, you could stab with it. It was a generalist weapon. But a thing you wouldn't see, serrations or bulbs. You wouldn't see spikes. Like, like I always hated that in fantasy, when spears have big spikes on them. No, you wouldn't do that. Because think about it, if you, think about it this way. What do spikes on a spear do? Well, they make resistance. They stick in things, right? They stick in and they stop. Say you stab someone on the battlefield, right? Middle of a big battle, and you stab a guy, and, you, and your spear has spikes on it, and you go to pull your spear out because the guy's dead, and your spear gets caught because it's got spikes on it, well, that's it. You don't have a spear anymore. Your spear is gone. Because your spear is now in the body of another guy. That's why spears... No, throwing spears, throwing spears were different. Throwing spears, yes, would have... Like, if you've ever, if you've ever seen the spears for, like, spear fishing, there's big, wicked-looking barbs and spikes on those. You'd put spikes on throwing spears, never on melee spears. And that's what it was for that exact reason, grip. You get into things like halberds. Halberds are one of my favorite polearms. A halberd is a small axe head on a five, six foot long pole with a, with a large metal spike at the very top. It was... A, it was the it was the bastard love child of a spear and an axe and that's what a halberd was and it was used a lot against guys on horses 
because you could swing the axe or you could thrust with your spear. Very generalist, very good at what it did. You'd have things like the Lucerne. The Lucerne was a very similar thing. The Lucerne was almost exactly like a halberd, except it was a hammer. Now, when people say Warhammer, that kind of, that idea is, I think hammers kind of got screwed over in the public eye. Because, like, one of the most favorite combat, like, when I say Warhammer, when I say a hammer used to kill shit, what a lot of people probably think of is Thor's hammer, and I mean, like, Marvel Thor. Here's the issue with that. A Warhammer, and, like, if you say, if you think of, say, like, Thor's hammer, that's what would be called a maul. M-A-U-L. Maul. Here's the thing. Mauls, that kind of big warhammer, never made out of metal. You do not make mauls out of metal. You made them out of wood and wood only. Because if you make a maul, a big heavy hammer like that, out of metal, you're not going to be able to lift the damn thing. Like, you can't... There was a... <clears throat> they made a perfect replica of Thor's hammer from the movies. Exact proportions, everything, out of solid steel. And no, and people could barely lift it. The thing weighed a couple hundred pounds because it's solid metal. Now, of course, that's get that got to pass. It's, oh, he's a god. Yeah, whatever. But I think it kind of screwed over what people think of them. Mauls were big war hammers, but they were made of wood. Now, there were there did exist hammers that were used in war that were made of metal that were made of steel, but those hammers were things like the Lucerne. The Lucerne was a hammer, it was the head of a hammer, but it wasn't big. It wasn't broad. It was actually about, it wasn't much bigger than hammers, like the, the, the head of the hammer was only a little bit bigger than what you think of as like a, like a hammer, like the tool. You know, to, for like the, the nail nails in. It was about, it was a little bit bigger than that, by maybe a couple inches, and it, ha it would normally have spikes on it. And what a, what a Lucerne excelled at doing was breaking armor. Remember in 7th grade, when you learned about simple machines, and one of them was the lever? It's a very, it's the same concept. You swing a pole arm from the base, and you are producing an immense amount of force at the end. Hammers like that, hammers like the Lucerne, with big, big long spikes, a good few inch long spikes on what was essentially a hammer on the end of a really long pole, you swung that, and yes, you could crack steel plate. That's what they were designed to do. Like fucking eating crabs. You gotta, you gotta crack open the armor to get that delicious night meat on the inside. And of course, Lucerne's, they had that hammer bit, but they also would have a spear, a spike, a thin cylindrical spike, maybe an inch or two in diameter at the base. It was about a half a foot, a foot long, and it was used for thrusting. It was used for thrusting as well as swinging. Because, you, because thrusting was just so useful. You always wanted it. 
Now we're going to get into kind of um, some odd ducks of the family, of the Polom family. Some things that don't exactly fit the uh, the criteria we've kind of set forth. The things that really don't fit into like you you you'd think like oh that's kind of different. Let's talk Polacks. Well, Ethan, you just told me about the Polacks. You called it the halberd. You said it was an axe set on a spear. That's correct. That's what a halberd is. A poleaxe is something different. A poleaxe was a poleaxe in general. A poleaxe generally was shorter than a halberd. And interestingly enough, I always find this weird, halberds always had an axe blade on it. Halberds always had what we think of as an axe blade, and halberds had a much, much longer thrusting, uh, thrusting spike. It's normally what it's called. It's, um, again, a few inches in diameter at the base, very long, about the, like, about the length of, like, from your elbow to, the, to your middle finger. At, like that, like that. That was how long the thrusting spike alone was. Poleaxes, funnily enough, didn't necessarily have an axe head on them. And that's because in older languages, the word axe wasn't as strict. The word axe could apply to a lot of things. But for our intended purposes, we'll call it an axe head. Just to keep things simple for now. Poleaxes were much more axe, more, more swinging, more chopping. They had much shorter thrusting spikes on their top, um, much bigger, broader, heavier blades or bits um, for swinging. And on the back, on the reverse side, they'd often have either a spike, they'd have a hook, They'd have a hammer, a lucerne type thing going on. And then at the very bottom, on the opposite end, they'd also have a spike as a sort of a backup. There's nothing, there's a difference in height. Poleaxes? A poleaxe was usually about the height of the guy that used it. A halberd was usually a lot taller. Poleaxes were more swinging and chopping based. Halberds? much more thrusting-centered. With things like halberds and lucernes, even lucernes, you were still, they were spears. At their core, they are spears, and that's what they were used as. The axe and hammerheads were there to supplement that. But the spear takes precedent. Pole axes, no such, no such criteria. Much more focused on the chop. Then we get into things this is one of my favorite poleoms. This is my bias, my baby. The glaive. The glaive was a poleom with a... Think of it almost like a machete blade. A machete blade on a pole. And they were used against guys on horseback and against infantry. Well, by infantry, my mistake. And I always loved the look of these things. And actually, interestingly enough, they had, on the reverse side, they'd have the cutting edge and then they'd have the flat, blunt edge that you'd swing. And you'd fight with them similar to swords. You'd chop with them. You'd swing with them. Uh, so they were very, they were capable of thrusting, of course. Um, but they were, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of sword in their influence. But on that flat side, on that flat, 
blunt side of the sword blade, there was a hook. And what that hook was used for, you see this on a lot of um, polomes, actually. A hook on the reverse side of the blade. And what that hook was for, you'd swing it, you'd hook onto the guy on the horse, and you would drag him off of his horse with your hook. Glaives with swords on a stick. And I find that beautiful. I think we're going to wrap it up there. I might talk more about polearms. I will talk more about polearms in the future. I don't know about the immediate future, but they will come. Um, not really sure how to end these things. That's all I have, honestly. That was my rant. Polearms. What they were. What were they used for? They were used against guys on horseback. They were used because they had reach. They were used because they were very easy to use. Um, you wouldn't generally see them in domestic use. Uh, you wouldn't see them as much as swords. The reason they weren't using as much as swords is because, like, they're big, they're unwieldy. The same reason you don't carry... Like, it's the same reason most states don't allow you to carry around um, an AK-47, for instance. They're big, they're intimidating, they're difficult to carry, and they're specifically tools of war. I guess that's what this podcast is all about, isn't it? The Tools of War. Tools of War, I like that. Might, that might be the name, actually. We'll see. We'll see what I decide. Until, uh, until such time, as we meet again here in our little talks, my little rants, I have been your host. I have been Ethan Murray. Last I checked, I am still Ethan Murray. This has been Ethan, but with swords. Keep my blade... Keep... Ugh, fuck. Fucked it up. I was gonna, I was going for such a grand thing. I was gonna be like, Ethan, you're gonna be, it's like an official podcast, all fancy and shit. Nope, I'm still just, nope, still just a dickhead in this room with a, with a microphone. Uh, until next guy, and until next time, guys, keep your, keep your blades sharp and your minds sharper. See you next time.